Welcome back, everyone. This is Eric Ellison with the Digital Education Podcast. It is August 2022. I am entering my 26th year in education, and I'm excited for another school year. I can't believe it's already on us, but we say that every year we do this. And we're entering a second year. I'm entering a second year in a series, a monthly series called Stories and Becoming More Human with my buddy, Dennis Eastman. And it was really the impetus of Dennis's idea. And so we have a guest to kick us off for this second year of this as we prepare for a new school year. And Dennis, introduce us to our guest today and, and take it away from here. Well, it's a privilege to have with us today, Daryl Ramsey Jr. He's the principal of Eastwood Elementary School in the Norwalk La Mirada School District. And he has a fascinating story, um, has taught um, in both with younger levels, uh, as, as young as uh, TK and kinder, and all the way up, uh, he's getting ready to do some things in higher education, and uh, we're excited to have him today. He's got a fantastic story. So, um, Daryl, can you just give us your quick flyover of uh, how you got here? Well, one, good morning, and thank you guys for having me. I uh, appreciate the opportunity and fly over real quick. Yeah, because I don't want to get too deep into my story, but I started uh, early child education in uh, undergrad, graduated and started teaching kindergarten. I know I'm an African-American male. So th that was like, what are you doing teaching the young ones? I did that three years in North Carolina. I felt the call of God to move back home and, you know, do some things in school, but also ministry. So I moved back to New Jersey and I put that early childhood education degree to use and started teaching in um, preschool and TK. And I did that for three years. I did first grade for one year, um, bounced around because I was getting rift, you know, being last hired, first fired, but they kept bringing me back. Uh, my principal gave me a shot and says, I need uh, you to move up to the upper grades. I have a group of students that no one really wants to teach. And that was fifth grade. I moved up to fifth grade science and math. And math is my favorite. My father passed, but he was a math teacher in high school for almost 40 years. So that was uh, the burning of my heart at that time. Did that for three years. Applied to become an instructional math coach for the middle school for two years. Got married, relocated to California. So here I am. I joined Norwalk La Mirada as a dean of students at Garden Hill Elementary. Did that for two and a half years. And then an opening came up at Eastwood to be the principal. I applied and I've been here since December 2018. Could not foresee COVID and school closure and distance learning and then back in person. But uh, by the grace of God, here I am. Here I am. Well, it is phenomenal to have you with us. And uh, in our conversation of stories of becoming more human, the the real theme that we like to draw out is how students have impacted our lives as educators, not just the privilege we have of of helping to hopefully um, shape mm -hmm. and direct the trajectory of their lives into productive humans, but also how they... Uh, Wow, how they impact us and change our perspective on things. Mm -hmm. So, Daryl, I'd, I'd love for you to start us off with, um, you have any anything in the course of your uh, experience that you're saying, boy, that, that changed me as a professional. That just changed. I was on this trajectory and things were great. I mean, we all love... Eric frequently says we love what we do mm -hmm. and we do what we love. And so 
But interacting with people has a way of changing the way you do what you do. So talk to us about that. Uh, yeah, I, I can say I've worked with, like you was kind of saying in my intro, the younger students and then like the middle school and the high school now uh, trying to try on graduate or the, uh, post high school and secondary. But I would say there's a poster. I remember this and I really need to buy it and put it in my office. Like everything I needed in life, I learned in kindergarten. It talked about sharing and interacting and ABCs, one, two, threes, things like that. And I really look back at my time as a kindergarten teacher and said that really transformed me. You have all the pedagogy and the philosophy in, in school. And then you come in as an eager teacher. And then it's like, wow, these students uh, don't fit the mold. And I had, I would say my first two years, I had a couple of challenging students. And some people run for the challenging students. For me, I use them as this is my opportunity to grow. And I really saw those challenges as a way, how can I connect? How can I change? And those first two years, it, those challenging students, I don't want to use their names, but they they really taught me that if I don't get it, it's really on me, the adult, the teacher in the room to change, to continue to reach out. When they were behaviorally challenging, it was to me every day, look at him with fresh eyes, look at her as an, another opportunity to pour into her because she really needs that. And I think, you know, five and six year olds, they still have so much innocence. And even though they may not be naughty sometimes or not be listening all the best, they come in every day like I forgot yesterday. And for me, I said, how can I tap into that as an adult? If I can do that as an educator every day, see them not as what they didn't do yesterday or what they didn't do this morning, but what they could be, I would start to see myself different as an educator. And I never let go of that lesson. And then it started to evolve and change. And if I can fast forward a few years when I took that fifth grade position, it really grieved my heart when the principal said, I have a class that no one wants to teach. It was a group of students that were pretty hard. And first thing I told her, I said, put me where you need me. But in the back of my head, I was relying on those lessons I learned in kindergarten where fresh eyes every day. They need someone to care. They need someone to love. They need someone to support. And I also prayed because it has, as a human, uh, there are days where I say, look, I'm, I'm fed up with you. But I, I had to rely on my faith and say, God, give me the patience for this one. Just like you have patience for me, let me have patience for them. And I, I am very happy to look back on that fifth grade year. And those students achieved very well. Some students had not passed a state test in two years, third and fourth grade. They passed that year because they had a teacher that was willing to give them umpteenth chances that was supportive, that continued to say, look, I see good in you and we're going to pull it out. And so I, I really look back to those years and say, I thought I was trying to fix kids that were on the wrong path and they were actually molding me to be a better person. Daryl, that's incredible. Um, I'm wondering, as you think about that, right, belief, belief, mm -hmm. and we know this in education research, our belief as the educator in our students has such an impact on what, uh, on their outcomes, right? Mm -hmm. And in particular, I think it gets to what you're um, getting at is like, when we have a belief in them, you know, then like, you know, we will change because we want to meet their needs. We want to get them to mm -hmm. those places. And you even mentioned like sometimes that belief like disappeared or you had to recapture that. Mm -hmm. What are those things, right? Especially right now that when you think about those lessons and as you prepare for a new school year as a principal and all these, 
how do you help people get back to that place of whether it's just the, you know, kind of the, some ways of what we would say the normal student or the mm -hmm. easy student or the typical student, but then also those difficult students or the students who've gone through traumatic experiences over the last three years or, you know, whatever it might be, how do you help, like, what would be a couple of tips of saying, hey, you know what, hold firm, regain Mm -hmm. or connect back into that original belief that will change you. So one thing, I, and from a principle, I kind of project this to my, my staff a lot, is the belief, the mindset, the understanding that all these students are our students. Because a lot of times that's like the mind block that happens. Like this, you start seg segmenting and dividing. Okay, here's my high achievers. Here's my mid. Here's my low. Here's my good behaviors. It's like, no, these are all our students. And they are all needing of our love support and instruction so i think that's the the tip that i would continue to give teachers for the mind is you want to teach all students regardless of where they are make sure you're including all let all voices be heard and that inclusion mindset starts to change the impact of how you view your class from there then it, it gets into different strategies on so how can we include them if i know the student's been problematic I want to make sure I put some positive compliments, things, encouragements early in the morning to kind of start the day. Or I might make it a point throughout the day to check in with that student, not on bad check-ins, but just say, hey, how's you doing? How are you doing? How, how's it going? Any area you need support. And just really being the olive branch and extending the support if it's one-on-one -on -one small group. But I think it's purposely and in with intent scheduling that through your day because you can start the day off. Okay. I'm going to read this student today. And then the day gets going and you know, we're humans. So we're like, Oh, this happened, this popped up. And then all of a sudden one day turns to the week, turns to the month where I was going to get around to it. So I think being purposeful and intent on planning to touch base and provide the support or just the nice check-in. I think that's a practical way that you can kind of refresh and keep that, okay, every day is new. I got to reach these students and let me give them the support that they need. Gerald, we've seen some really amazing um, success stories as well as areas in which we all need to, um, I want to say, step into the moment and find a way to minister to kids. And I don't know if there's been a time as pronounced as these past two years during pandemic. So I'm curious um, in which, I mean, and what I mean is when we see our kids really hurting and we see families mm -hmm. really hurting at the same time, maybe we've got our own stuff going on, but we've got to um, kind of, you kind of got to shelf that if you're going to serve the, the kids mm -hmm. well. I'm curious, um, what are some things that you, were able to accomplish at your school with your with your faculty towards your students and what did your how did your students respond when you saw what you're talking about giving a new chance every day and reaching out what are some things that you did to help um help students feel seen known and wanted yeah in, so you're talking about school. during the COVID, like this yeah, last during, yeah, during okay. COVID and now coming out of COVID, now we're right. all back Got you. When when COVID first hit, and that was the question I asked myself in my quiet time, I said, when students look back at this time, will they feel that they were disconnected from school? Was I isolated? You know, did I do my own little silo world for a few years? 
or was I connected? And I could not control every classroom, but I can say at least they can say they're connected to their principal in their school. So I started reaching out using YouTube, using, uh, you know, things that I knew the students were at and created some cheesy, cringy things when I look back at it now. Uh, but just letting them do like riddles and like just say, hey, here's some announcements. Just want you to see my face and touch base so that there's a live contact with the school. And that uh, evolved and changed into what we now call Eastwood TV, which is a, a YouTube channel where the students now run assemblies. They do interviews, they create little vignettes and, and things like that. And so we're we're really pleased to see where that has grown, but it started with me just saying, hey, let's make a point of contact. And I don't want students to feel like school was something that was a foreign thing because they were at home. Now, when they've come back, we we have lessons like social emotional learning has taken really the forefront because a lot of students were disconnected. And I always tell parents and some of the teachers, if you really think about it, a child that was in kindergarten, they didn't really come back full force until second grade. So think of all the time that was lost in social development and understanding academics, because you can't really teach writing online that like you can in person. And I think we had to really infuse lessons on personal relationships, sharing, communication, emotion management, feelings. And I have a support specialist that helps me, but I've done a lot of lessons in the classes. We've recorded lessons and posted them to the YouTube channel. And then we provided um, resources to the teachers. And it's interesting because that's the shift in education. Some teachers felt, oh, we just do read, writing, arithmetic, the, the core. But I really believe if we don't address how students feel, let the voices be heard and let them know that they're cared for or valued, we can preach and teach until our heads pop off and they won't get it. It won't be a connection. And I think teachers building in times, I had a grade level last year that every morning they started the day with a check-in. How are you feeling? And there was a list of emojis and, and emotions and they can have a discussion. Or there was times in the day where you say, okay, how are you feeling? And again, it's not so much all feely, touchy-feely, but it was, we really need to know where our students' minds are if we're trying to pour in instruction. And if they're bogged down what was happening in home, you know, parents aren't working, got to watch my little brother or sister. I don't get to join the sports team this year. That impacts their experience here at school. And I think we need to be sensitive and mindful of that. We've also built in some incentives. Um, you know, they I play on the playground with them. So if it's basketball with me, handball with me, pizza, lunch with me, uh, things like that. I created some games like on Nearpod where they kind of play against me uh, just to be interactive. I wanted to be that type of principal. And I've taken that lead and I had some staff that have followed me and doing their own little incentives and connection points. And I think those things have made instruction and learning and the whole educational experience uh, much richer on this side coming out of COVID. And we continue to build on that. I don't want to be the principal that pushes it out and say, you must do it like this. I want to give the teachers the creativity to breathe, let their wings spread and, and try what's best for their classes. And I'm supportive of that 100%. So Daryl, I want to ask a question because you're, you're getting to some places that's really interesting because you talk about being that classroom teacher in, in, in the early years, you know, kindergarten mm -hmm. in particular and how that impacted you. And then even just how you dealt with COVID, very much the connectivity, the opportunity, you know, and then the creation for students. I, I had a conversation last night with a friend of mine who's a teacher. And I'm like, are you excited for the school year? And they're like, I'm excited to get this next week of teacher induction and return to work over with and start working with the kids again. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I'm always like, you know, and even when I was a teacher, I remember the fact that like that back to school week as a teacher was always some of the most miserable stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. so even for you, as you think about returning to school and bringing your teachers back and as a principal, getting excited for the us and for all our mm-hmm. students and for this work that we get to do together. Like, what are the ways that you even think about like, you know, as you talk about some of that stuff that you do and, you know, you, you cultivate that work with your teachers and you do that, like, what would be a couple tips even in this week of return to school that's like, hey, yeah, there's a better way to do this return to school with the adults mm-hmm. so that then you can you can do the return to school and the school you're really well with the kids. Sure. So I have a mentor that I work with. I love Shameless plug, Jan Izaki, Dr. Izaki, if you're out there listening, I love you. Um, But (laughs) what she has done, I I run ideas by her and she kind of says, let's tweak this. And so this year we were discussing that exact thing. The return to school is so much inundated of PD and, you know, crammed into like two days. And then I remember back as a teacher, if I'm being honest, uh, and you guys don't fire me, uh, but it just it was like I crammed all that in. And I didn't really apply it because I didn't get to digest it properly. I went back to my classroom. I prepared for the students. And it was like, oh, yeah, that PD that we never we revisited, uh, that's forgotten. And so I realized as a principal, I've always wanted to hold on to that, too. So I learned from students. I also learned from when I was a, a teacher and had some admins over me. Let's make things we do practical. And so I said, okay, I do have X amount that I have to cover. Like, okay, here's the new COVID protocols. Here's where your assignments are. Here are the changes in the building. But then this year, this brand new, I wanted to break down the rest of my day and meet with the teams individually so they can be personalized. So it can be meaningful to what they're dealing with. It is more time on my plate, but I feel it values their time. I'm not just inundating them with more stuff. And they're just really looking at the clock saying, okay, whenever he's done talking, we can really get to what we want to get to. But I will enter their world. I'll enter their classrooms and talk to them about what really matters to start the year. And I think it's just really scaling back and looking like, okay, can this be an email? So we don't really need to talk about this in a meeting. And then, okay, this is important, but is this really what we need for the first week of school? Can we table this for another time? And I think I've learned as a principal, I didn't always do it this way. So I'm still learning myself, but I understand that, you know, people are working hard. They're excited to work with students. And so I don't want to quench that or, you know, put that fire out before we start with just a bunch of, you know, logistical things. So I'm trying to find the balance um, and I'm still growing in that. But I think taking these steps to value teacher and put emphasis on what matters to help them get a good start versus just covering things we need to cover. We'll get to that because it was compliance and we I understand all that. But it's like this first week, I want it to be encouraging, uplifting all the way through till we get to the students, not, okay, I hit you with bad test scores. I hit you with this. Now you need to do this. And then all of a sudden they're like, man, I need another break. You know, summer was too short. So (laughs) that's, that's my approach this year. I love it. Um, I agree. (laughs) I agree a hundred percent with what you just said. Um, So help us out here. Here we go. You and I both know, we're going to get through PD week Mm -hmm. and hopefully absorb some things and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take that nugget right there. I'm going to apply that. I'm, but 
as we get into what it is we want teachers to do, and that's connect with students in an effort to impact lives, give us some parting thoughts for the teacher that's saying, um, I'm dreading, or I'm not looking forward to, or even if they are saying, you know, I, I want to help that, that young student in my class, and I know he or she is coming because I saw my roster. Um, yeah, I know yeah. they're coming. I was that kid. <laughs> I mean, so I know. What, um, what words would, of encouragement would you give to that, uh, that educator with that challenging student that's coming into their class um, ways that they can maybe have a fresh perspective as they go into a year and that they can, like yourself, be transferred into a man that says, man, this person's actually changing the way I do teaching. Mm -hmm. What would you what would you say to that uh, that group of teachers who has so, that kid? So that group or one teacher, I would say this would be my first thing. Real talk. I would say this is a brand new year every year could be different. And I would challenge them and say, can you be the teacher that marks the trajectory or change in this child's life? And it just, it's, it's a friendly challenge to say, you know, cause we all enter education because we want to impact lives. So then if this is a challenge, I could be the teacher that they remember for the rest of their life to say school changed because of that. I said, so I would say, could that be, you know, let's think of it in that way. And then I would offer them as a, an administrator, my, my full support. I said, I understand the student and they have real needs. Okay. I'm not going to discredit their past. So I'm not going to act like they're an angel when they might be, you know, have some dark days. So know that you have my support and strategies and trying to help meet the student and bring them along. Cause I think that's another thing that some educators feel is it's left all up to them and they're trying to drag this heavy weight. And then when they get tired of dragging it, they just drop it because there's no one else pulling with them. And so I want to encourage them that I'd be there to walk with them day in and day out and that they can hold me to it. You know, I think that was another thing following through We get promises, but I'm one to say, you know, let, let me be a man of my word. And if I don't hold me to it. And so I think if they see me being that type of example, and then they see the challenge underneath, now you're getting impacted to change from both sides. I got a leader that's doing something. So let me mimic and follow my leader. But also I'm now looking at this challenging student in a new way. And it's maybe changing how I view students. And I think it's double bang for our buck uh, moving forward for that teacher or that group of teachers. Daryl, um, this is amazing. Thank you for blessing, you know, Dennis and I um, in this process. Best of, of, of luck and all the blessings that come with the start of a school year for you as a principal and for your, for your school community. But mostly, thank you. Thank you for spending this time and providing us your story, a little bit of your story and your experiences and, and just this encouragement and wisdom that you've gained over the years. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you for having me, guys.